Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. We're coming live with an interview episode one of our listeners have become quite familiar with. Um, we're sitting down today with Amir Armstrong. How you doing, Amir? Doing well, doing well. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure, man. We've been trying to work this out, and I'm just really happy we got you to talk about um, yourself a little bit and a little bit about the brand you work for, One Deodora Footwear. Yes, indeed. Killer, man. I just want to say thank you, too. You hit me with this beautiful, like, Italian feeling. Like, I'm Italian, too, so, like, my roots feel like they're being they're being watered with these gifts. And I really appreciate the jacket. I can't wait to start rocking that. No problem. That's the least I can do, brother. That's if people don't know, <laughs> Deodora's out here killing it. Um, been making a resurgence over the past couple years. So we're going to hit you guys with a little bit of what Amir does and then a little bit about the brand he works for, um, talk about some of the rich history of Deodora. Um, you know, from a runner's aspect, if you're a running fan or an avid runner, you're going to get something here to learn about some footwear. Um, but just a fun-filled, action-packed episode. It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. It's going to be it. <laughs> so... Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, I know you're from Philly. Where did, uh, like, where'd you go to school? How'd you get this? Like, how'd you find yourself being with Theodora? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so, um, originally, originally from the East Coast. Um, born in Philly, spent like the first four years of my life there. We ended up moving to a town called Sicklerville, New Jersey, which is about 30 minutes, 30 minutes um, from Philadelphia. Uh, so, a lot of back and back and forth <laughs> throughout those years, but um, Nets or Sixers? Sixers, Sixers. Nets is Nets is a North Jersey thing. South. I feel like South. There's there's definitely a split between South Jersey and North Jersey. It's like two different places. <laughs> so you moved to Jersey, but you're still strictly Sixers. Strictly Sixers. I, I feel like it was like Philadelphia sports in my house. We don't eat. Like okay. My father made that pretty clear. <laughs> There's no uh, trying to be funny, trying to you know rep for the Knicks or nothing. Doesn't. Oh no, no, it's none of that. It's none of that that goes down. You know, my dad, my dad has instilled the Philadelphia sports uh, in me. I mean, my family has over 100 years in Philadelphia. Um, my father's side, my mother's originally from Panama. So um, having just having that, that that rich history in the city, and also that kind of as much as we live in New Jersey, I feel like Philly shaped a lot of me playing ball. Um, of course, kind of being in the scene back when I was living out there. So 
it was definitely definitely has a strong impact and a strong uh, strong value in what I do. Were you going back to Philly a lot? So you said it for hoops. So Amir's a baller. So like, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you did some traveling teams and stuff. Like, was that based out of Philly or was that based out of Jersey? So what's crazy is I ended up uh, was playing I was playing travel basketball. Like mm-hmm. I would say when I was in sixth grade. Like this is before like AAU was like like big big like yeah. how it is now. Like we still had like the AAU membership cards and things like that. Now it's a business. Um, now, it's, now it's legit business. Um, and uh, I was playing over for I was playing over travel team in uh, Winslow Winslow Township which is pretty much a township within Cicloville. Um, and I played, played travel team probably maybe three or four years. Um, when I got to eighth grade, I actually stopped playing travel basketball. And I would go and play with my uncle over in Philly. Um, so we would play at Codge Creek. Um, we, had a, um, we had another league in Mill Creek, uh, 48 from Brown. Um, then we played in another league in Armour. So we played in like three Philadelphia leagues. Your uncles, this is a grown man. This isn't like this is no, no, no. This we were playing. It was a, it was a, it was a youth league, but we okay. were like fourteen. So we always played up. We were like fourteen, but playing like sixteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the competition was crazy because this was all people that played like travel basketball um, that were just trying to get a run in on the week. Like you played for your neighborhood. That's just what it was. And I mean, we was like fourteen playing. 16 year olds but we had a bunch of people from like Corey Irving um all-stars like that was an AAU team uh Philly RBK all-stars when they were big um so it was a really really tight group of us a lot of a lot of my teammates kind of went on to um to be uh I mean some have made like G League um one college a uh, couple of them college big college stars in basketball um so like one Sean Oakman who played at Baylor, mm-hmm. played with him. Um, another guy, Maurice Watson, uh, he went over and played at Creighton. My cousin, Akil, he was turned out to be like a 6'6 guard. Um, he ended up playing college ball, but like everybody on that team went on to play college ball. Uh, Dwayne plays over, I think he's playing over in Germany now. Um, we just had like a loaded squad. It was it was crazy. When we were young playing playing up. So mm-hmm. uh, we got a couple chips under there though. It was a couple, couple neighborhood chips, but I think that's where I kind of like crafted everything. So we was going over bridge like three times, three to four times a week. Sometimes I'll spend the night over at my uncle's house and um, just wake up, eat breakfast, go throughout the summer and go play ball. <laughs> there's no stress, man. There's no bills. There's no, how's my car doing? None of that shit. Like wake up, have some cereal, go hoop. Yeah. Life's good. Oh, so where do you end up going to school? Like, what did you go to school for? Like, did any of that kind of play into where you are now? Yeah, so I actually, actually was a basketball. I played football. I played basketball. Uh, like to say, my father was the first person to, like, really be be somebody to uh, be on that kind of, like, concussion wave. I ended up getting a concussion. I got low-bridged um, going up trying to dunk in, a, uh, in, like, a scrimmage at this. We had this this um, basketball camp, somebody came and low-bridged me. I was going into my eighth grade year and had a concussion. Told me to take it easy, like, clear me to play football. Ended up getting another concussion. My dad was like, nah. He was like, you're not, we're not doing this right now. Uh, we'll put you back, we'll, you know, put you back, get you in the league or something in the fall, um, just so you're ready for uh, travel ball. 
So I ended up getting another one. I had uh, three concussions in like the span of like damn, like four or five months. And they were like freak, like the last one was just like a freak accident and everything, like all the symptoms they say your concussions kick in when you start like falling like a motorcycle. Well, I've had one or two in my life too. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was nuts. Um so from there, I kind of had my dad was like, yo, next next level. And like I love playing football. I actually mm-hmm. was pretty good. And um just seems like, dude, you gotta can't do this. Just stick to basketball. So I ended up going to Camden Catholic. Um, so I'm a product of uh, Jersey Private School Ball, which is, everyone knows, it's like a big, big thing. That's what New Jersey's known for. Shout out J.R. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I mean, we we had, we had a lot of talent came out of New Jersey, just even like in, in North Jersey, um, North Jersey uh, uh, farm system. So uh, they, they produced a ton of athletes. I mean, you, you name it. Kyrie, Mike Gilchrist, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, JR. Mm-hmm. We, can, we, can, we can go through everything, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but uh, we ended up, uh, it was part of that team, where we ended up winning the state championship. Uh, we were top 50 in the country. Um, hmm, we were number two team in New Jersey at the time. This was my like, junior year. But uh, actually, before that, my sophomore year, I got in a running track. So I ended up, uh, remember the first time, more specifically, I was a jumper. Uh, first time I triple jumped, uh, that was like my thing. Somebody taught me the day before me, like, you're tall, you can do this, you can handle it. All right, boom. Mm-hmm. So I jumped, it wasn't like anything like too crazy, but then somebody was like, oh, you had a couple feet on there. You become a state champion, blase, blase. And it's like, wow, like, you can get money going to school for jumping in, jumping in sand. This is great. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's not going to hit your head on. Like, chilling. Dad's yeah, happy. Dad's happy. You know, he doesn't, he can't critique me on anything because he yeah. doesn't know much about track. Yeah, you know, he, he went he, far. Good. Good job. Good yeah. job. You know, yeah. I don't have to hear like, you know, the long car, car rides home. Like, you should have pissed in the game. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Missed that box out, son. Like, what? Like, Damn, dude. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I ended up, um, ended up, uh, running track, uh, from my sophomore year in high school to uh, ended up uh, getting some money to go to school. So my first my first school I went to was Delaware State University. Shout out to the HBCUs. You don't know, historically black colleges and universities. Um, it's a big deal for me uh, getting there. Uh, ended up spending two years there and transferring to LIU. But it's a funny story. Uh, before I transferred, I ended up breaking like the triple jump record there. And there's, and it might still be there to this day. There's actually this stained glass picture. They were like redoing the stained glass mm-hmm. on like the side of the student center. And they put me up there that summer that I was transferring. So when I left, there were like people like, oh, who's that? He's still on the team. Like my, my uh, old uh, teammate and roommate was like, no, nah, I set this glass. record and bounced. No. Yeah. <laughs> the mirror's gone. <laughs> yeah. He would be like, Brian, my child, my homie Brian, uh, Brian Pointer, he, uh, my old roommate and teammate still one of my best friends and uh he would just be like yeah he left he's gone <laughs> it's super funny you say that because my senior i swam in college and yeah. my senior year they were redoing this wall too and my face is plastered on the side <laughs> of the wall and i wasn't all that great i mean like i was okay but um yeah so that, that guy's gone i was like a year ago but um what, what did you then what, what were you studying so i was studying there i was studying sport management at delaware state Okay. Um, I ended up transferring to Long Island University in Brooklyn. Um, at the time, we're the LIU Brooklyn um, Blackbirds. Now they're the LIU Sharks because uh, they combine the campuses. Uh, there I was studying sports science with a concentration in sport management. 
Um, of course, ran track there. Uh, that was amazing. Um, we ended up, uh, got a couple conference championships under our belt. Um, made it to, made it to regionals. Uh, some of my teammates made it to nationals. So you know all about, like, I mean, like some people in footwear know how to sell a shoe or, you know, they, they know the tech, but you know what, like a good shoe feel like, you know, underfoot what a good shoe should feel like you're, you're experienced. hundred percent from basketball, from basketball, football to, to running. I mean, that's like really what I, what I loved and just, Kind of like how I, kind of like how I got into what I want to do. I, I knew I wanted to work in sports mm-hmm. or like for a brand. I always kind of had that in mind. I just didn't know what exactly I wanted to so do. You keep your head straight and you play sports. This is this in general like a mm-hmm. outstanding statement. But just like you know, you have more skills than probably you think you do, listener. Like yes. you have wear test experience. You have maybe you know whatever other things you have going on in your life, but you can parlay what you're doing every day to a degree and parlay that into, um, you know, a professional mm-hmm. role. Like there's um, a lot of people that just don't, they don't know what they don't know. Yes, so um, said sports management, a lot of people don't know that's even a thing you could yes. major in, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, if you're passionate sport and you play sport and if you like shoes and probably while you're listening to this, um, you can mix all those together and do something with a brand one day. So that was like the best, like, it, when you, what you just said was like the best advice somebody gave me graduating my senior year in college. They they told me, find everything that you're passionate in mm-hmm. and marry into a career. I was like, that. All right. Especially now in 2020, <laughs> bro, there's a career. If you like fucking take pictures of food, like yeah. you can be a food critic. 100%. Go learn how to write. Go put the work in. Yeah. People think that they want to do something and then don't want to put the work in. You know, they want to sit back oh, yeah. and just look at, man, that looks dope. <laughs> I can see myself doing that, but then put no work in. Like you put the work in, you can make what's fun to you a fun career. But I mean, that's really important because Diodora now is really killing it. Well, has been killing it in the performance shoe game. Like I did a little bit of research before we got on the line here together and it's on the top of a lot of different running magazines and it's, it's, it's being spoken about. So running's killing it now. Why don't you give us a little bit about like the history of the brand? Like, you know, the origins is something we could uh, take away for somebody that isn't familiar with the brand. Yeah. So, um, Diodora premium Italian brand, uh, we were founded in 1948, um, by Marcelo, uh, Daniele, uh, he pretty much uh, left at a certain age. He was younger. You weren't going to school. You left to uh, pretty much find a craft um, so you can provide for your family. Mm-hmm. During that time frame, if you know history pretty well, it's around World War II. Um, and there was a lot of things going on uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of what was going on in the country. He ended up uh, being a person that designed, and uh, I shouldn't say designed, but uh, created boots for soldiers. Mm-hmm. And at this time, like, I mean, soldiers were kind of like raving about like his craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Richard, they're going in, just to tell you how crazy this is, they're going in the war, possibly could die. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, these these boots are great, you know? Um, so in 1948, um, he ended up uh, founding a company with uh, his wife helped him launch uh, mountain mountain boots. Mm-hmm. That was something that they were pushing. That, uh, they were pushing pretty hard, and from there, it, it just took off. Uh, skiing became pretty like a recreational 
recreational sport. So they got into uh, uh, actor ski boots, mm-hmm. um, creating creating that market because about 45 minutes north of Venice, about an hour away from, from James from the Dolomites. So that type of terrain, you know. Um, so definitely stay true. Uh, we're in a town called Corano di San Marco in Italy. So that's where the company is, um, is headquartered at. But, um, you are so smooth with those Italian names. So you- <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of practice, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, like, he, 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 he popped everything off for the brand. And, and I think just with the whole timing of everything, it worked out so great because, you know, his game came big in Italy. From there, you had a boom in soccer and tennis. Like, recreational sport became huge. On top of that, there was an economic boom going on as well. Um, but at the time, what's interesting about, like, during the time he uh, he founded the company, uh, Italy was kind of split in half, um, northern and southern Italy. There was, uh, was a bit of, I wouldn't say, definitely say, like, a bit of clashing going on in terms of cultures. And um, company was, def- uh, excuse me, the country was definitely divided. So we had, there was a bike, there was a cyclist uh, who actually won Tour de France in 1948. Uh, Gino Bartelli. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Gino. And a uh, cool story about him is uh, his, 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 uh, him winning the Tour de France in 1948 signified kind of like a unity between like, everyone kind of got behind it. I think part of like what I live by is this quote by like Nelson Mandela, sports has the ability to change the world, mm-hmm. which is very much true. Uh, to be able to, that, that win signified a union between both. Uh, and at the time, Having 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 uprose from all of that um, all of that. Um, There's a damn war yeah, and then like post war stuff. That's not easy. Oh yeah, it's not <laughs> easy. So like, luckily we don't know. <laughs> so I don't, know. I don't think I'd be able to make it. But yeah, right. uh, you know, uh, from there we took off and um, soccer became really big internationally. Um, in the 70s, uh, there was a um, what's my man's name uh, Roberto. He was part of. Uh, he was part of, uh, not to be mistaken with Roberto Baggio at the time, this was like 1970, in the late 1970s. Um, he actually uh, helped design, uh, take on some of the, like give kind of direction to soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were able to create um, create premium soccer footwear um, that was unlike anything else. Uh, leathers on it, smooth, it was just butter, mm-hmm. butter. And at the time, Italy, I think it was in 19... It was 1984, I believe, that they they placed fourth in the World Cup. So he was the first person to first to premiere these shoes. So uh, yeah, uh, Roberto uh, Roberto ended up giving some uh, giving some insight. Uh, Roberto Tega uh, he ended up giving some insight to um, to soccer um, soccer boots and pretty much helping helping carve out what the Diodora footwear would feel like. I mean, you had Italy who has a rich tradition in soccer. I mean, four World Cups, 2006, uh, 1982, 1938, 1934, but with 18 appearances. Um, so he was actually the first person to have Diodora on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So uh, that created a nice, uh, nice craze. And at the same time, tennis was taking off. So you had athletes like uh, Borg who were uh, He's just Borg, man. Motherfuckers, you know who that yeah, is. Like, you know that is. Like, you don't even have to, like, Ron Borg. You don't, you, don't, you don't even have to say the full name. Uh-huh. It was just, you know, having elite athletes um, like that a part of the line 
I mean, taking off, taking off in the 70s and 80s. But at that same time, we had running. We, we were getting into running. We had uh, athletes such as Seb Coe, um, Edwin Moses, who about probably one of our most popular USA athletes who were attached to the brand. Um, build things around them. Uh, Jalinda Wardeen, who's actually uh, helping direct, uh, he's directing the, uh, the, run, the run channel for us. Um, he's the only person that ever win the Olympics uh, in the marathon, he won Seoul. He also won Boston Marathon as well. Uh, he's the only person that ever do it, do both. Win mm-hmm. both. Uh, it's actually 30 year anniversary. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a rich history of Italian sport. And we haven't even really gotten into Italian Italy being known as this like fashion and textiles. Yeah. So it's like, not only do you have the athletic aspect, but you've got, you know, every quality, not every quality, but it's so many quality fashion houses coming out of Italy. So yeah. like Diodora has not only the craftsmanship, but the materials to go along with the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that like you're wearing a pair of Diodoras right now. What pair you got on right here? So I have on the Mavericks the shoe. We just, uh, we relaunched, um, a retro shoe that came out in 87. My father actually had a pair. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually one of the first things when I took, uh, when I was working, first started working with Theodore, I showed our director a picture of my, uh, picture of my uh, father wearing Theodore's back in the 80s. And he was like, what? <laughs> so I bring it up because like, when I see those, I'm like, what? Like you just said, because the materials are crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it just looks like something like it looks like it could be a gucci shoe just it's it's sporty and it's not i always feel like gucci athletic shoes are just ripping off real athletic <laughs> shoes but just like the quality is so there yeah. that you know you stop and like i stop and look at them every time like diodora is a great brand for somebody who and there's a lot of these people who could care less about nike who just don't care about maybe like the bigger you know, bigger sneaker, you know, bigger sneaker brands because they see everybody else wearing it. You want to be original. You want to feel like you have something unique. And Diodora, from the clothing to the footwear, every time I see it, it's like, that's a good look. I'm not going to see anybody else rocking. And that makes that do 10 times fresher. Like, that's what shoes were used to be about. Is this like, okay, who had the, the freshest fit on? Who's getting something off that, you know, nobody else around is going to have? Oh, yeah. And you can, you can fulfill all those needs. With Diodora, I mean, this, the footwear is crazy. Uh, from, from doing my research, like Diodora has a couple different like big lines. So there were like segments. You have like the heritage stuff, which is in my brain, I kind of say retro, like lifestyle. Is, uh, is that a good? So like the heritage, definitely heritage line as part of Diodora is what's, what's interesting when you go to our headquarters in mm-hmm. Italy. They actually had the old machinery that was there creating stuff back in the 70s and 80s. And they're still using it to make shoes now? Still using it. Um, just because of uh, the quality, mm-hmm. quality of it, um, being able to, to really hone in on like those little specs versus um, like these newer machines. They don't, I, feel like, uh, I feel like they don't produce as well as, well as the old machines were because mm-hmm. they're more it was more, there was a lot more steps involved in it. So it's almost like insured. Other brands try to bring retros back from 20, 30 years ago. And you have the original shoe from that time and you put them side by side and they're not, it's not the same. Yeah. But if you have the same machinery working on something, you're going to get a consistency of high quality that why would you want to switch it? You know, if it's not broke, yeah, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. So th- there's stuff like that. Like the soccer category is you guys are still popping off of soccer, right? Or no? Yeah. So, um, we have Brazil, uh, which is popular, uh, popularized by uh, 
Roberto Baggio, uh, Zico as well from Brazil. Um, it's a it's a soccer boot that is literally like the heart and soul of Theodore's uh, football division. Um, they've been making that for a long time, or is that a yeah, new model? They've been making that for a long time uh, since the eighties. So uh, we're actually still holding close to that, uh, changing a couple things around. Uh, but it's quality. I mean, back in back in the day, if you if you wore Theodore, it was like a status symbol. It was a status symbol of pitch. It was a status symbol in street culture in general. Like you talk to people over in the UK or over Europe, even in the States. Um, so you were saying like, like the real B-boys back in the day were oh, rocking Theodore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that was like the Maverick I have on right now. That was like B-boy shoe. Um, you had like people that from Rich Porter to whoever was wearing was wearing Theodore because it was status symbol at the time, the, the B-elite. Um, was probably one of the more expensive court shoes you could get back in like the 80s and 90s. So, you know, just to have that type of flair going into, uh, going in, going in on not only from like, I think, I think that was the time when like kind of like people were taking on this like tennis, tennis into streetwear. Mm-hmm. Um, tennis shoes, tennies, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was like a thing. Um, cause my father, of course, my father lived through it all. Me and my, my dad are like best friends, so like talk talk to me a lot about things, especially about like how things were back in the day. Because uh, he went to he ended up going to college, uh, Hampton University, and uh, he would go down there. And there was a bunch of people, Philly, New York, um, D.C., and everyone wore certain had like a certain style, to, like it like it is to this day. Mm-hmm. Like um, a lot of people, you can kind of tell not only by certain slang, but what someone has on where they're from. Uh, but he was like, dude, back in the eighties, like nineties, like, your uncles. And, Theodore's, like you wouldn't believe, that was just our thing. That was that was definitely a Philadelphia thing. Uh, New York as well, super super northeast. They were the crispy shoes, yes indeed. So I mean, you got like crispy stuff, and then you, y'all are still in the outerwear, not outerwear, but like the boot stuff. They're still like the outdoor, yeah. And those are great shoes for, especially out here in Oregon. Like man, you're trying to be out here in the trails, trying to get your feet a little dirty, like stay comfy. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, you got that going on. But what's we alluded to this earlier. What's really kind of, what's really kind of powerful to me is like the running segment right now. Yeah. Like I see you all over the place, just singing the Diodora running shoe song. Oh, and, and it's a good tune. I like it. It's a good song. Um, we were we were messing around with the um, with the Mythos Three earlier, right? Yeah. In hand. Yep. So we saw the Mythos Three, and then I had the uh, showed you the Five, and also the Elite. Those are crazy. So like, what's the difference between a three? And this is more for like the people looking for maybe trying to cop a new pair of running shoes. This would be some good insight for you. But like, what what's what's the good thing about like Diodora like running? Like, wh- why, why do I need to get a pair of Diodora shoes? Why Diodora? That's a great question. Not the brands. Let's hear. <laughs> so, um, like I said, we've always been running premium premium brand. We've always stuck by that um, stuck by that motto. And uh, what's cool about our shoes is that um, past maybe, I'll say three and a half to four years, we've been getting back in the U.S. market um, and Americanizing some of our shoes. And uh, uh, we're doing that. Our director, uh, Brian Porter, he's been uh, essential in uh, helping, uh, teaming up with Italy to help create these uh, these amazing shoes. So uh, Mythos 5, Mythos Misha 5 has been a big, uh, our best seller. It's been, it's been cranking for us. Um, utilize a technology called Blue Shield. So what Blue Shield is, it's like, just imagine a carved out 
bottom, like a sole of a sneaker, right? It's carved out and you slap this um, firm gel-like P material at the top. Mm-hmm. And then there's cones in there that contour to the foot. I like to describe it as you fitting in technology versus the technology having to fit you. And it adjusts as you're going through foot strike, it adjusts and it gives you what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our um, our Mythos 5, which is our, our nice cushioning plus shoe, um, still still very responsive. Um, the Elite, Mythos Elite, which is our uh, more categorized as our stability shoe, which is a very interesting concept. We did stability by subtraction, uh, where we took out, and usually stability shoes are to build on the medial side. Mm-hmm. What we did was on the lateral side, put a uh, lateral release point so you will not get overcorrected. Just carry okay. the strike. It's a bit more rigid than the, uh, the Mythos 5. And on top of that, we took a P, a very thin layer of PU material over top of the Elite, um, over the top of the Elite's Blue Shield. So it feels great. It's super soft. Um, has a nice rigid feel for people who need support, but it isn't going to overcorrect you. The, the thing I've been reading a lot about is that it really allows you to have soft cushion when you're not moving fast if that makes sense like when you're when you're kind of like running at a slower pace it's it feels more cushioned but then once you do start you know poning up and going like you feel the responsiveness it's like oh yeah it it moves with you kind of like you're saying like the technology works for you like that's been that's been a really positive thing about the shoes um i think what i read was um it's soft when slow and springy when fast. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great way to put it. Um, just because, like I said, those cones are all just contouring contouring to your foot and allowing you to go through your foot strike as you want. So when you're just walking around, it's great, it's nice to feel. But as you're applying more force to the ground in terms of running, um, those cones they have like uh, they're pretty carved out in different sizes. Um, so you're gonna feel you're gonna feel uh, pretty secure in the heel uh, going through the arch. The cones get a little bit more denser. Um, to provide more support there, and then the forefoot, uh, the cones widen out towards the uh, the outer sides and dense in the middle. I mean, dense towards the medial side on the forefoot. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the whole entire footbed. So you imagine just stepping on something that is completely just for your foot. We figured something that would service the majority of the run specialty market, and it's been a proven success. Uh, everyone loves the shoe. Uh, we have a cool uh, hip version, as we call it, that is um, the fungi version. Fungi version, you know, which is iridescent. Like when you take a picture of it, uh, it has hidden reflective points where it pops. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one shoe called the Mythos Fly, and then we have the Fly Hip version of it, which literally you take a picture of this in the dark, and the whole shoe reflects. Does the shoe say it's our turn, baby? Pretty much. At this, at, yeah, it's it's like come get me. It's we're, we're coming for you. <laughs> no, I mean those are fire, man. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of good. Like I've, I keep trying to go back to the heritage stuff because uh-huh. that stuff's just like fire. Like yeah. the the my basketball shoe. Every time I see, I think I've seen you wear like a, a pair with like an orange logo on it, like white oh, and orange. So you seen that was the game highs, but the ones I had on that you seen is actually a collab uh, with LC twenty three. Um, collaborative with Leo. Uh, it's a Charlie Brown peanuts, uh, peanuts collab. It's Charlie Brown orange. That's a good way of putting it. Like, <laughs> little things were so buttery, man. Like, they remind me of like a souped up, like heavy duty, high, like this high quality, like Nike blazer, but just like 
this flyer. It's just, it's, it's something different that I really like the way it looks. You know what's crazy that you mentioned that shoe? And um, that particular model was actually, uh, Mac Miller had it on um, in his last music video that he ever did. Damn. So I love that song. It's a good song. When you, when you watch the video, and he's in the, uh, you can actually see the shoe when he's in that, he's in that box. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when I first started working for the company. You're like, oh shit. And what's crazy is like, you know, it's organic. It's all organic. We didn't, it's not like we sent him it, we sent a stylist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He went out and got that shoe apparently and wore it. It wasn't like we, it's, this is all organic. And that's the appeal I see. Cause like I'm notorious. Like I, I won't wear Under Armour. I won't wear Reebok. I, that's it's not my style, but what is my style is originality. And that's what I see when I see those kind of like retro basketball shoes are fire, man. Um, you brought up that collab. There's one that just came out. It's an Illumineer pack. Yeah. Um, it's an N9000 shoe and they've got all the crazy colors on it. Yeah. Um, there's just been new stuff like that. Then there's, I mean, there's an old bait collab you guys did uh, with Transformers Transform, man, that's one shoe I really, really wish I caught. So I'm like a weird Transformer. <laughs> like, I love my Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. And the bait Transformer Deodora was, th- th- that's a ball in that shoe. Those were hard. They had Bumblebee, Optimus Prime, Megatron. Uh, I think probably my favorite collab with bait, um, I'm an I'm a anime fan. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, you, you just put up, they had all those packs and they had the action figure to go with. Yes. Um, so yeah, my probably my favorite, my favorite one would be the collab we did in terms of uh, with bait was uh, Astro Boy. I'm a yes. big anime fan. I have both, both pairs, the Intrepid and the B Elites. That's like my thing. <laughs> Here's a random question. Yeah. Where does that logo come from? Is, is there something to do with that like why looking, is there something behind that? Yeah, Frasio. So um, essentially it uh, comes from when you, you're crafting a shoe and it has that opening. Um, that's pretty much where it comes from. The box on that bait that Astro Boy. Crazy. It, it goes bananas. I mean, there's Rick and Morty too for all like the stoners out there. Like Rick and Morty. <laughs> that was a crazy collab too. So, so I definitely had to grab that, the keychain on the Astro Boy. There's a, key, there's a key chain that like came with it. Oh my gosh. Like it was, I saw them and freaked out. That was, that was huge. And then you got like the king of collabs. As I always think of him as the king of collabs. Yeah. A Ronnie Fi collab too. Yeah. And those are just, I mean, we had a collab episode a couple weeks ago and we brought up Deodora as one of the more slept yep. on brands doing it. And like most Ronnie things, mm-hmm. just simple, Timeless, got a little bit of salmon in there, a little bit of blue. Yeah. But just sold a Rio. People have to know about more about this because there's so many other stuff, so many other things out there than the Travis Scott collab. Those those one that you one that we're looking at now, that that uh the uh the, the Ronnie Fogg and uh Slam Cham uh collab that we did, I actually have a pair of those V seven thousand, one of my favorites. That was like a year ago. That was pretty recent or something. Yeah, this was this was um, this one wasn't too long ago, a couple of years back. Um, but we've done collabs. With, you, you you name it, you name you name a place we've done it. Pata, um, High Somebody. Uh, I was talking about the High Snobs. Those were good. Yeah, 
and they came out with the whole tracksuit. I was super fired, man. Those V7000s are bananas. Yeah, so the V7, what's crazy is like the V7000 and like the N9000, they're all like, you know, like back in like the 90s, like kind of like running, running inspired shoes. That's what mm-hmm. like running shoes were back in, back in the day. Um, so to be able to have those and champion those type of models into, into these collabs, um, we can just go, you can go through them. I mean, we've had stuff with all gone, um, and 9,000 actually wore the sneaker con where there was only 240 pairs made. But the, the best thing about these like kind of old retro running looks mm-hmm. is fall. It's, it falls back in line with what Diodora does in the beginning. Yeah. It's like the quality. I mean, like mm-hmm. there is, there's soft suede, then there's like butter suede. And just, you can really tell the difference that these were made. I mean, Nothing wrong with like large produce factory made. Nothing wrong with that at all. But just you get a more intimate look. Like, all right, maybe someone's grandpa made these shoes, and I mean yeah. that in, in a good way. <laughs> Great way. I mean, yeah. just like years of experience behind what the final product is. Mm-hmm. And that might sound like a commercial, but it's not, man. That's like legitimately my biggest like my biggest beef with some of the other brands is that like you're you're spitting out stuff with glue all over it. You're spitting stuff out with just like scuffs in the suede already, like. It's, it's not something you open the box and feel like you're getting a premium product all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you pull the, like those Ronnie's out the box, like you feel like you're getting something. And that speaks to what Kith does too. Like I'm wearing a Kith sweatshirt. Like you feel like it's weighted. It's, it's made right. Like those Diodoras are just made right. Yeah. Some things are made wrong and you can tell. You can touch it. Like you, when you, when you touch certain, like, uh, certain leathers, certain suede, just materials, certain textiles in general, you can tell, which is like a lot of people are like, oh, these leather shoes really they're like PU mm-hmm. leather. Um, but like this is actually like buttery, smooth materials that people are using. And we've stood by that for years, like with certain collabs, all the collabs without just shoes in general. The Heritage line is, is, is great for it. I mean, when you go on Diodora.com and you see these, uh, you see these N9000s that are part of the heritage, a lot of these shoes are crafted in Italy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and to me, that speaks to like the fact that there's a lot of generational like mm-hmm. sneaker brands out there. Yeah. You know, there's like the Mizuno, there's K-Swiss, but like Diodora just does it differently in a way that makes, if I had a choice between those three brands, I'm going Diodora all day personally. And it's just like, they bring something else to the table. They, as in Diodora, bring something to the table that just, it, it passed the old school, you know, going to Foot Locker, going to wherever, whatever store or sneaker store you're going into and having it in your hand and being like, this is it. This is it. And in hand is just go out there and try a pair. Um, get into like your local places. I mean, a lot of people don't think that, you know, that there's running shops in the local area, that there's other retailers than online, but yeah. you can go get an experience in a store. Oh, 100%. And find out what the product's about. And especially if you're looking for something technical, you're going to want to know those things before before you pull the trigger. And what's cool, like what we do is our, our shoes are run specialty only. So you're going to go to these uh, these, these run specialty mom and, top, mom and pop stores and get this special experience. Um, and it's it's been great just seeing the response from the industry. Um just seeing how people people have taken to it in terms of like our casual line. We did something last year uh, with, uh, I know you had Terrence on here. Mm-hmm. Um, we did colorways and we were able to uh, 
able to get an event going uh, with uh, Cam over at Index. Uh, we did Cam's Customs where we took deer doors and had uh, people come in and customize them. I was one of them. I made a pair. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I, I walked in and was like, this is all for us. Like, um, And we'll see Sneaker Week. We're trying to get more involved, more to come on that. But uh, we've been in talks trying to get more involved with Sneaker Week this year. Um, and that was a real funny, that was a real fun event. Yeah. Put a smile on my face. A good time. <laughs> but so like that, that kind of segues into what I kind of want to finish up with here. So yeah. like, what's your role in this? I mean, so we got to understand that, you know, sport, yeah. you got to understand, you know, the history of the Adora, but like, where do those two come in together and where does Amir play with it? Yeah. So, um, I ended up, uh, taking this job, like fresh out, I went on and got my master's degree. Um, in what? Uh, communication studies with a certificate in entrepreneurship. So, nice. uh, I needed an internship to um, to finish my degree, and uh, at the time I was working um, I was working with New Balance uh, at one of the inline stores. Mm-hmm. So um, I just happened to hear that Philadelphia, uh, that Theodore was going to open an office in Philadelphia. So we're in Philadelphia. I'm already here. They're coming <laughs> to me at this old technical school um, where we have the science wing, where we took that over and reverted into our U.S. headquarters. It's the coolest thing. We have a rooftop bar, Mediterranean restaurant. You're a small business. Like, you're in there. Like, we're across from architects. There's, like, a tattoo shop above us. And this is an old school. So we got into the community quick. Like, yeah. integrated pretty well. And, like, this all just stemmed from a good friend of mine, uh, Richie Rojas, who was um, my uh, my AM over at New Balance. He was friends uh, with, uh, people in Deodora and he was able to, uh, Hey, I got a guy who needs an internship for school. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. So I started interning and eventually that turned into a career and they, uh, 25, I'm 27 now, they were like, Oh, Amir, you want a job? You don't mind moving, right? At the time I'm like, yeah, no problem. Just, you know, sure. So, uh, ended up moving 3000, 3000, uh, miles away to, uh, be an account manager for the uh, West region. So what I do is um, I essentially uh, help open accounts, manage manage them as well in terms of bookings, pre-bookings, um, help with launch events, uh, any type of marketing initiatives. Um, so I do pretty much a bit of everything. Like our team is amazing. Um, I, say, I say this in saying that each of them has Im- impacted me in a way from our director, Brian Pointer, to um, my regional director, Chuck Day, Alex Feldman, um, who's our um, our South regional manager, Nick Valencia, um, who handles the Northeast, Richard McDermott, who handles, handles, the, uh, handles the South as well. Um, it's a small team of us. Um, you got to have people that make you better and that make uh, each other better. And we, everyone brings something different to the table and we're constantly pushing each other. So like, I honestly would say like with them, you know, and also I'm um, having, having uh, close relationships with people in lifestyle and that do some of our lifestyle stuff like Swoon Collective, um, Tiffany and uh, Karina and uh, Dennis Sweeting as well in lifestyle. Um, he's been, he's been there for me, but uh What's crazy is I've had fortunate enough to have mentors uh, that have kind of like helped me through this as much as I took. I took on this position young, about to go on the West region. It was like, go out there, you know, and do your thing. We trust you. We know you can, we know you can do, you can make things happen. And I've been hustling. Uh, I've talked to my mentors, uh, Mark Williams. Uh, when I first moved out here, uh, who's my old uh, 
another one who's my old professor, uh, Joe Branch, talked to him. Uh, another old professor of mine is uh, Clifford Benton at LIU. Uh, they've all been essential in my growth in the, in this industry because all of them have experience in it. Like I talked to Mark Williams, who used to be the VP of Champs Sports Market. So many good takeaways from that. Like the, the, the biggest ones I took away from what you just said is one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't take an internship when I was in college uh, and I knew I wanted to be working in footwear. I knew I want to be around shoes yeah. and I'd much rather at the time I much, it sounded more fun going back to Vegas and partying. Like I did my summer. <laughs> I had fun yeah. in summer. Like yeah. part of me does not rec- you know, did not recommend partying that hard, but there's, there's a time and a place, but like you, you took the, the internship route and there's always internships out there. It can be with a brand. It can be a retailer. It can be, um, you know, a PR firm that works with brands. There's so many routes you can take, but if you're a young person right now in school and you're hearing this, go find somewhere you can start applying your skills sooner than later. hundred percent. I mean, I mentor, I got, I got a couple mentees, uh, back on the, back on the East coast that, you know, they're trying to, trying to figure out what they, what they want to do. They're a bit younger, but constantly like, Hey, uh, make sure you go into these career fairs, make sure you're talking to people. Um, I'm your mentor. Make sure you have another mentor in the game as well. Just to, just to lay things out for you and have some type of reference point. I mean, you mentioned something like, and what I, what I like about it is every time, like I hear, I hear, I hear your podcast and you talk about these different roles because a lot of people don't know these different roles in the industry. No, they think like, oh, you got to be a designer or you got to be this. Or, 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 I got to be an athlete. I got to be LeBron to make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like there's so many facets in sports. There's so many lanes that you can go into that are all interconnected. Whether it's sports entertainment, you know, uh, it's, it's it's music. It is all tied together. And um, go Google Rock Nation. You'll see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joe, one of my mentors, Joe Branch, uh, managed director for basketball uh, for Rock Nation Sports. Um, he was my professor at LIU. Um, now he's the assistant GM from Timberwolves. Um, and he's definitely made a big impact on me. Um, my other mentor, Mark Williams, I've known him since I was a freshman in, in college. I met him just being an athlete. One night we had to go to this forum. And I was in a rush to, it was kind of weird because I had practice around the same time. Dude, I ended up waiting, waiting almost close to an hour just to talk to him afterwards. I was late for practice and everything. Mm-hmm. And I did not It's care. worth it. It was worth it because from there, we exchanged numbers, found out both from New Jersey. And right then and there, we've been rocking with each other for years. And he's helped like guide me through the industry. That was the second thing, man. Like you've got to have mentors. And mm-hmm. You know, I want to be you're still you're still a young man, man. You're 27, yeah. and you have mentees and mentors. Like Nick, shout out Nick um, is one of my mentors. Like you've got to have people because you don't know everything. You don't know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> person listening, you don't know anything. Just I'm, I'm playing, but it's like you got to have people to help teach you the things you don't know. Like For sure. there's people who yeah. have done it and have messed up what you're trying to do, and they know what that looks like. They've succeeded in what you want to do, and they know what that looks like too. So it's just so powerful to hear you know your commitment to the community your commitment to wanting to learn more your commitment to the brand but just the the biggest thing somebody could take away from this is that you can you can roll and do your you can live out your dream and start a career and it can be with a brand um maybe that people are more familiar with less familiar with it doesn't matter as long as you're becoming better and you're learning like your skill set now you know when you're 37 you're gonna know so much about the industry 
and working with people and working with this, you're going to have so much knowledge and someone who's 57, you're not too old to start learning too. I mean, yeah. age is just, it's so arbitrary, but age is just a number. One of the oldest cliches. Yeah. But I mean, if you can help somebody who's 16 or 25, that's only two years younger than you, you're helping, you're impacting somebody else's life. You got to put down that pride. I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I was there when I was, when I graduated undergrad, I thought I had everything like figured out. Mm -hmm. I was great athlete, a uh, great student, even even better student where uh, I thought I had everything figured out. I felt flat on my face. Mm -hmm. And that was a time, that year was like a time, this before, like I took a gap year for the masters and it was like, okay, let me, let me get myself together and really like find out. I feel like when you're back, when your back's against the wall, when you're down and out, mm -hmm. that shows who you are as a person. And you have to put the pride down and say that you know or you understand that, okay, I'm, I'm, I can do this. You got to go ask for help. Go talk to people. It doesn't matter if somebody is somebody you may not think somebody who's, who's a director at a brand or it could be somebody who's like working at a retail store. There's like there's everyone has a bit of knowledge that can inspire you. I mean, when I go around the accounts, uh, when I go around the accounts and I talk to I talk to people that work at these stores and doing certain things. I love hearing about what they're doing in their personal lives. Yeah, we talk about we talk about product knowledge and everything like that. I, you know, help them help them understand the story of Deodoro and what we're doing. But at the same time, I'm also getting to know them as people. And I would say this, I learned something new as much as I travel around, I learn something new everywhere I go. And every person I've met, they've made an impact on me and just how how much knowledge I've obtained from being over in Europe, you know, to being being here in Portland, you know, I'm, I'm blessed enough to to you know fortunately meet you. Um, Ian and everyone at Deadstock has been great. Um, Terrence has been like an OG to me. Um, he is an OG. Um, he, you know, he is an OG. He's he's an OG for sure. That's that's my guy right there. And uh, everyone has everyone has been has has made has made an impact on 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 my on me and how I do things. You know so. Bro, I just Bro, thank you. You got to have open arms and open, open eyes. Open eyes, man. <laughs> open ears. I forgot just kind of end on this end on this note. I feel kind of stupid trying to use the quotes. I don't remember who said it, but some really famous um, successful person says they live every day with their back to the wall because when your back's always to the wall, the only way you can go is forward. You can't go backwards because he has that mind. He or she has that mindset where it's like the only way to go is in front. So yeah. just keep that mindset. Keep it moving. So on the outro here, where are some, where are some of the shops you can pick up some Deodoro, get, get a Deodoro experience at? Yeah. So, um, definitely if you're, uh, a lot of fleet feats, um, carry us across the, uh, across the country, uh, more specifically in the Portland, uh, Portland area. We have fleet feet, Portland, fleet feet, Vancouver. Um, they carry us, uh, those are some places where you can stop in and get some great, uh, great technical for footwear. They get, they do a great job understanding your needs and understanding, uh, what you want to do as a runner and how they can help you. Um, I tell everyone, uh, stop into your local running store. Uh, don't, don't, don't be one of these people that's like, oh, I can just like order something real quick. You need to go and experience this. There's something about uh, stepping into a store that creates a, pretty much create, create a fan of the brand. I was a fan of brands because of people going into a retail space that never gets old to me, going and interacting, uh, taking some knowledge from some and suggestions. So Definitely check out your local your local brand, especially doors, but uh, locally, uh, Fifi Portland. Get off the computer. Go 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 talk to people. Go talk to people. <laughs> go face, outside. Face to face. Right. <laughs> That's what's up, though, man. So 
follow Deodora, um, visit the website. Those are just Deodora.com. Yep. Deodora.com. Uh, on social media, we have our Deodora lifestyle account, but also we have, um, a, uh, a team account that we created. It's called, uh, Scraja de Corsa. So it's spelled um, S-Q-U-A-D-R-A-D-I-C-O-R-S-A. I know that was a lot to take in. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have it in the description. We'll have it in the description for you. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the squad. So I, I had to give them a shout out. Of course. <laughs> um, where can they find you if somebody wants to see your adventures? Where are you um, on the internet? They can follow me. Uh, mine is very simple. It's very simple and straight to the point. So it's underscore... Uh, am dot one r underscore it's pretty Simple. fairly easy and i'll be in the description too <laughs> so this will all be in the description for you um for our listeners but um thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the sneaker history podcast hope you guys enjoyed the interview and make sure you're following sneaker history and maybe check out our patreon sometime so everybody have a good day take it easy Hey everyone, this is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a couple favors of you. If you're interested in more content from the Sneaker History crew, become a member of our Patreon page where we post daily content, drop exclusive episodes, and host monthly giveaways. We'll even help you hunt for your grails. Check us out at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Also, make sure you sign up for our email newsletter at sneakerhistory.com slash email. We send out weekly updates on the footwear business and what we're working on here at Sneaker History. Last but not least, take a second to tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how much it means to someone, and it might even plant the seeds for something even bigger. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.